no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Berry Centers. We are a Chicago Bear podcast for the fans. On today's show, we are joined by Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus as we break down all you need to know about the 2021 salary cap and much more. Hey, Dub, what's the good word, bro? Hey, man, it's all good, brother. How are you? Well, we got the garage down, so the, that that part is uh, is good to go over here. So now when I look outside, I just see... I can see so many miles away from the house now. So that garage was giving me some privacy now. Like everybody can look in the yard and stuff. So I don't like that part, but Lisa's down. Right. Lisa's down. Now, are they going to rebuild it back up? Yeah, man. But you know, with all the weather and stuff, it's going to be a while before we can get the contractor back out, permits, all that kind of stuff. So it'll probably be probably about a month before we could probably get them to start building. That sucks. But guess what, man? If you need any help, man, just let me know. I'm gonna take you up on that, man. Cause it's a lot of work to do around here. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Be careful what you volunteer for, bro. <laughs> I gotta look out. For, I gotta look out for one of my boys, man. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you, man. Did you get everything squared away on the uh, on the car front? Um, not quite yet, man. Still working with the insurance companies to make sure we get things detailed the correct way. They haven't gotten back with me, so I'm a little worried. But again, I wasn't the person at fault there, so um, most yeah. likely gonna come from his insurance. Yep, there you go, man. It, it, that's you and I's life in the month of February, dealing with insurance companies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which you hate dealing with them. Yep, but man, well, let's let's get into the episode, man. Enough uh, listeners, I'm sure they're probably tired of hearing us talk about our issues, but uh, the Bears. So this week, A-Dub, we had the Sam Desai press conference. Some of my initial thoughts, and I'm just going to kind of kick it over to you to see what you thought, but I was really impressed, man. I know a lot of people will say, hey, you know, you don't win football games during a press conference. Basically, the the games are won on the field. But I came away from this thing kind of feeling a little relieved because, as we talked about it before, Sean Desai is a very smart guy, very Mm well-spoken. But some of the things that came out during that press conference is he has a little edge to him, and I really like seeing that come out. When the media was asking him questions about Patton, you kind of saw where he kind of was just like, he wasn't really feeling those questions, and he almost had to let them know, like, hey, this is my damn defense. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, taking charge. So I really like that. Another key takeaway that I had from this, this side was the fact that he realizes that this defense has good pieces on it, and he mm-hmm. knows that he's got a lot to work with. I think for him, though, one of the things that he mentioned was just a matter of putting players in the right places. And that's been some of the things that you and I talked about on the show was making sure that these players are set up for success. One of the other things, too, is that it sounds like, and I, I don't want to you know, put this and put words in his mouth, but it seemed like there could be a potential shift in scheme from the 3-4 going to the 4-3. So I think that could be intriguing as well. 
we got the players to do it with. So I think that dynamic would probably work for this team. Probably better. Who knows, right? I think it'd probably be better. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see. But the thing about the side that really, really has made me very excited is the fact that he is or was Fangio's right-hand man. We know from there that he learned a lot from Vic. I really feel confident just based off of just that knowledge, the fact that he's been with the organization for so long. I mean, he goes back so many different regimes here. But I think that he could get this unit back to being a very strong unit. I mean, obviously, it's still offseason, but I still feel confident, I think, in what I've seen and kind of his background and his familiarity with the players and so forth. Absolutely. I like that idea. I like the fact that he does have a familiarity. But the other thing, as to what you're alluding to as well, from a defense standpoint, it looks like he also wants to focus in on get, creating more turnovers. It'll be good to see this team, with the players we have now, create some more of those turnovers. Right. And I would say this, though. Even if the, the Bears were forced and backed into hiring him, this might have been a blessing in disguise for us. And I think this might be a move that actually worked in our advantage for a change. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll definitely see, man. But I'm I'm looking forward to uh, what he brings to the table. One other thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on before we let our guests join us here on the show, Allen Robinson's contract saga continues. I think you saw some of the reports that came out yesterday that said that there have been no contract talks between A-Rob's camp and the Bears right. since September. During that time frame was when that contract dispute went public. So yep. there's been no tangible talk since then. So what are your thoughts there? I'm worried and I'm concerned <laughs> because you just don't know what might happen when it comes down to these contracts and these negotiations when they decide to occur. And you don't know how A-Rob might be feeling at that time frame right now versus when the time comes to probably negotiate. Does he still want to be here? That could possibly change, right? Are we talking about the right contract if they decide to go that route with them? But the fact that there's no nothing's happening right now with the standstill, you don't hear much going on, that's concerning. Yeah, I would agree, man. Because, you know, as we mentioned on the show last week, A-Rob could return on the franchise tag. And even though he wants a long-term deal, the organization still could do that, even though we know that A-Rob probably is not going to be happy with having that tag put on him. This situation just makes me very uncomfortable, A-Dub, from the standpoint of we know this offense last year wasn't really in its best, (laughs) you know, for the majority of the season. And so losing Mm -hmm. a guy like A-Rob just really, really, that, that concerns me. If that happens. If that happens. If and, that happens. And I don't want to leave Money Moon hanging, you know, <laughs> um, right. by himself. So that's to me, is more uh, of a concern as well, not having a lot of depth at the wide receiver position. Both sides have stated publicly that they would be open to a return. Mm-hmm. And with this being a make-or-break year for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, to me, it just seems like A-Rob coming back should be a no-brainer. But what the hell do I know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, like, you're not talking about, man, when it's stylist, man, you kind of wonder, like, what is really going on if there's nothing going on since September? So it just puts you an alarm, like, oh, geez, hold on to your seats and let's see what's going to happen here. Obviously, the talks have broken down. You saw a number of wide receivers that got deals, you know, in the summer. And we were all kind of sitting back to say, oh, it's going to be a, be a matter of time before A-Rob gets his deal. No, deal never came. And all we saw was the price for those number one receivers is going up. Right. So we're, we're in a situation right now that is not looking good. The Bears are up against the salary cap. And for me, I think the salary cap is going to be a major hurdle for the Bears during this offseason. And with that being said, that's why we're joined today by our brother, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. He's coming on today to talk to us and break down all things salary cap. Brad, 
Talk to him, man. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great. I love the uh, little German pronunciation you put on Spielberger there. That, that was A+. Plus. Uh, man, I'm doing well. Thank you guys man. for having me back. One thing before we get into it, Brad, I wanted to give you a quick plug, man. I picked up your book, The uh, Drafting Stage, off of Amazon. It just came yesterday. I wanted to gear up for the NFL draft season, and there's a lot of graphs and a lot of information when I looked ahead, and I said, man, I can't wait to get into this book. Wow, thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, it's a good tune-up, good primer for the draft coming up in about, uh, I think, like two and a half months now. So, yeah, I really appreciate that. Thanks for the uh, the, the shout-out, and, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, for sure, man. Also, too, just going into the book, this was a book that you published, was it last year? Yeah, that's right. Listeners, if you guys want to check it out, it's called The Drafting Stage. I picked it up on Amazon. Are there other places where people can grab it too, Brad, or is that primarily the, the best place? Yeah, no, just, just on Amazon. It's uh, it's like published all through Amazon, which is pretty cool. So I just published it myself on the website. Uh, but yeah, you can get it on Kindle or on you know, paperback. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a good for any team, you know, and anyone out there looking to learn more about the draft and kind of positional stuff and, and, you know, hits based on the round, stuff like that. Uh, there's a lot of information in there. All right, listeners, we'll pick it up. I can't wait to get into it, and I'll give you guys some of my thoughts on it as well. So, Brad, thanks for coming on the show with us today, man. Wanted to get your thoughts on all things salary cap, man. There's a lot of things that listeners will message us, asking us various questions about the quarterback situation, A-Rob, all these different things. And I said, you know what? We need to get Brad back on here where he can kind of just break down this whole salary cap thing, and that way we can understand what's actually possible versus what's a pipe dream. So wanted to get your thoughts on what are your projections for where the NFL salary cap is going to come in? And I'm sure it's probably going to decrease from the previous year, but what are some of your projections and thoughts there? Yeah. So the latest report was about 180 million. The lowest it can possibly be is 175. That's what the league and the players kind of agreed to in what we call the COVID amendments. They set a floor. The latest projection is 180. That's what Adam Schefter had recently, but there is a wrinkle. They're currently negotiating the new TV deals, basically the, the deals they make with you know NBC, CBS, ESPN, etc. And there's optimism that if they lock those deals in, I mean those are going to be for you know multiple billions of dollars. Then maybe it could move up to 185, 190 range. But again, that's still below this year's of 198. So it's still definitely going to be a tough off season for you know free agents and of course for teams. Yeah, and with that being said, I mean, think about that. We we talked about last season with the Bears team having to restructure deals to, you know, try to improve the ball club at that 198 price point. So now we're talking potentially what you what you mentioned, maybe around 180 was what you were saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's a big drop. My Man, goodness. A lot for us to work through now. Makes it even more challenging. <laughs> so do you think that a big part of maybe some of the drops was the revenue that the teams lost out on? What, what are some of your thoughts there? Because, I mean, that's a significant decrease. Yeah, so it's definitely, you know, a result of COVID. Um, you know, the gate revenue, it was, you know, obviously pretty much non-existent. Uh, in Chicago, obviously, you know, I don't think they had fans at any point. Nope. Uh, some teams had partial attendance, but, you know, no no more than like a third or a quarter of their attendance. So, yeah, all gates and then all concession revenue. Obviously, no one's buying, you know, hot dogs and beer for, you know, $10 a piece. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so so that's where, that's where it came from. Um, and then even even honestly, like they, they thought maybe TV viewership would be higher because, you know, everyone was stuck at home. But, you know, even that was kind of flat, if not a little bit down just because of, you know, distractions and other things going on. So. Yep. Yeah, just just you know, like any business in the, this last year, that they struggle just like anybody else, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I actually saw some stuff out there that said ESPN could be looking to purchase the, the rights for some of those Thursday night games and moving them over. So that could probably be pretty lucrative for the league if that happens. Yeah, no, definitely. A couple of things before we get into the actual nuts and bolts of the episode. The differences between some of the cap cutdown dates. So we see a lot of times, Brad, where you'll have teams that will decide to cut somebody pre-June 1st. Or sometimes you'll have someone that's cut post June first. Could you, you know, break down to the audience the differences between the two and why teams may decide to do so? Yep. So, and and for example, uh, for folks that want to look at an example, uh, the Bears did this with Trey Burton last year. But so, the the, the post June first cut, what it, what it does is when you cut somebody, all of their bonus money will accelerate into the current year. So if you do a normal cut on a guy this off season. Their entire what we call dead money, which is just money that you still have to have on your cap, even though the guy's gone, all of that will accelerate to 2021. If you do a June 1st or you know a post-June 1st cut, then you can actually split it out and, and a portion of it will hit 2021, and then the rest will hit 2022. So the total is still the same, but it enables you to clear more room in 2021 and not take as big of a dead cap number. Got you. So like... For instance, we were talking on our last episode about when the Bears, when they were forced to uh, cut Cody Parkey in that following year, there was so much guaranteed money left on that deal. So that's the dead money aspect audience that he's referring to. There was about $9 million in dead money. And I think, was that spread out over a couple of years? I can't remember exactly, but I just know it was punitive for the salary cap. They may have done a June one there too. I, off the top of my head, I don't remember, but they, may, they definitely may have. Yeah. And so that's what happens there is you see it for a couple of years after. Oof. That's why it's important to hit on those free agent signings because if it doesn't yep. work out, you're you're screwed. <laughs> you're screwed big time, man. And I think now it, it makes us really think now with this team, right? We really got to think about how we're going to tackle things now because all this all matters um, more so to our team. We want to look them take that next jump, that next step. Yeah, I mean, also too, I mean, if you listen to what Brad's saying, I mean, this salary cap is going to decrease by almost 18 million from the previous year. This is a team that has key guys that are free agents and a lot of holes to fix mm-hmm. on this team. So that definitely concerns me. Brad, do you know offhand how much cap space the Bears are going to have? Or are we over as of right now? Do you know that by chance? Yep, yep. So as of right now, they are six million over the cap. Um, so they got they got to do some moves. Oh, again, the projected number of 180. They're over that by six million. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so they have to you know make some moves just to just to be you know above water. Um, so like you said, that that definitely complicates things. My goodness. Yeah, we talking about signing a Rod back, man. <laughs> Well, so Brad's going to give us some ideas here on this show of how we can get uh, A-Rod back, audience. So he has been tasked on this episode with kind of giving us a rundown of some of his no-brainer cuts. And also, Brad, we're going to make you unpopular. Some of the tough cuts and decisions as well. So you ready? I'm ready to roll. <laughs> I can dive into it now if you, if you, if you want to get ugly. Yeah, we can, we can go there. <laughs> Let's um, do it. Let's do it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> So the uh, I'll, I'll say that there's there's no there might not be any tough cuts. I don't think anyone will have an issue with with the three moves that I say are obvious cuts. Um, that's Buster Scrine, Jimmy Graham, and Bobby Massey. And they can clear about 17 million there if they do. Like we just talked about, they do a post June one with Scrine, and then a regular cut with Graham and Massey that clears right right around 17 million. So right away we're back to you know right now we got plus 11 million in cap. And then you know I don't think Fuller or Hicks will be cut. Maybe they get traded to, you know, which obviously clears space as well. 
but they also can clear room there with extensions for those guys, you know, one, one or both. Um, and, and then the last thing would be restructures, which is kind of just where you, you, you push money down the line. I think Eddie Jackson, that that's, was already planned for a restructure when they, when they signed the deal, they kind of suggest they already planned to do that. And then they've done it with Mac twice already. So I guess why not do it again? And if you make those moves of either trading or extending Hicks and Fuller, and then restructuring Mac and Jackson, you can clear about 30 plus million there. So we, you know, we just cleared about 50 million without making any, you know, terrible decisions. Okay. So I can live with some of these things. Let's, I want to, I want to drill down on a couple of the things that you mentioned there, because I like where you're going with this. So Jimmy Graham, let's just be honest here. And Brad, I'm not the cap expert you are, but when I looked at that deal, it seemed like it was really just like a one-year deal worth about what six or seven million. So you're very right, yeah. Okay. So with the way that works, then by cutting him, you're saying that we could save what? How many how many million on that deal? Seven million with a Jimmy Graham cut. Okay, wow. So right there, A dub always talks about how Cole commits waiting in the wings. So with Jimmy Graham, he good mentor to, to Cole. That's a move right there that I could totally get with. The Bobby Massey deal, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he under contract for a couple more seasons? Yeah, so he's got, I want to say, two more years left. And that's obviously the, the toughest of the three. But, you know, the, the injuries last couple of years and, and you know, he's got, he's now, I think I want to say 31, which, you know, isn't ancient by any means, but but obviously not young. Oh, 32, it'll be 32 next year. So mm-hmm. um, he does have three years left, but I, I think it's definitely a move they're going to consider. Yeah, to be honest with you as well, I just think that uh, with the injuries, I don't see any way that he's back <laughs> and his play tailed off anyway. So I, that's a move right there. I could also get behind Hey, Doug, what you think on the two so far, Graham and Massey, you know, I, I like Jimmy Graham, you know, that prayer is already, <laughs> um, he was solid for us this year, but you're right. That that's, that's, that's a big price tag right there. But I do understand if you ask me, we're trying to get, get some salary cap, get some salary, you know, I think having him gone and using some of that money right there to probably again, add it to keeping a Rob, and other moves we're trying to make, I, I can see why we're looking to um, get, could possibly let him go. So that makes sense to me. And then also you mentioned Brad talked about Buster Screen as well, right? Mm-hmm. Moving on from him. I think we got some depth in line to take on that position. I know we have Vildor, Duke. So we got a couple of guys that probably can fill that hole. Also, too, one thing as well when it comes to Buster Screen is the concussion issues, right? And these are issues that he struggled with even before he signed with the Bears, so that's an area there. But Brad, correct me if I'm wrong. If if we were to cut Buster Screen, if we do it post June 1st, that's where we're going to see the bigger savings on that release, correct? Yeah, that's right. And, and I think you guys both nailed it there. Uh, I think that one's easy because, yeah, they have a couple of young guys that look good in spots last year when he was out. So the depth is there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like you said, you know, those concussions were, were you know, were a problem coming into the Bears. And he honestly had a, had a fine Bears career. I thought he, you know, played well. But, yeah, they would save more with a post-June one there as opposed to pre-June one. Okay. So I'm over here. I'm jotting down notes here because this is I'm I'm learning as we're going along here. Cause I mean this this stuff, this stuff really intrigues me. Any other guys outside of those guys? So I want to touch on in a second some of the restructure and the extension piece, because I know people are going to want to make sure we kind of drill down into that a little bit. Are there any other players that just kind of you think of and say, hey, you know what? This could be someone that we could release. It's tough after that. I mean, there's definitely guys you could look at, but there's not really any good options that are going to save you a substantial amount of money. Right. Um, you know, so you don't really want to do it. If it's, if it's going to save you a little bit, then you might as well maybe just keep the guy on board. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it, I mean, the only one I guess would be Hicks, but I think they would just, they would chop him and get a, you know, like a fifth round pick as opposed to cutting him. 
Yeah, because I know a lot of people, Brad, have mentioned that if you uh, release Hakeem Hicks, it'll free up a significant amount of money. One thing that I wanted to say, just my initial thoughts on that, and I wanted to see what A-Dub thought, but with a guy like Hakeem Hicks, everyone knows he's the heart and soul of this defense, but he's getting older. You also have quality guys depth-wise behind him and Goldman if he comes back. And then also we saw the emergence of Bilal Nichols. So that's a position where I feel pretty confident in. I don't want to lose a Hakeem Hicks, but instead of giving him some sort of an extension, which a lot of fans have talked about, Brad, to help free up some cap space, I would much rather him play out his contract and we kind of see what happens with maybe Nichols or or Goldman and then see what we can do with Hicks. What, what do you guys think there when it comes to Hakeem? Bro, I, I like what you just shared there, uh, Perez. You, you hit a good point about, you know, seeing, let him work out his contract, right? And seeing what Eddie Goldman and Nichols look like, because that, that gives an idea. Because you know how the league is, right? Things change with the, when the, in the league in general of how players play. And you don't know if injuries occur, what could happen with that. So let's see where we're at right here. I love to keep this unit together because, again, this shows, our, hopefully, can show some dominance here under, under, under this new regime from a defense standpoint, and things start to work out, maybe we could do some reconstruction of some contracts. And not just this contract, maybe you think about restructuring Cal Fuller's contract. I don't know, but there's some things we can have there, some options. We're trying to do that to keep these guys together. Well, that, that kind of takes me into the next point that I was going to throw over to Brad. So, Brad, in previous years, we've seen that the organization, uh, Joey Lane, has done a really good job with carefully structuring a lot of these contracts and reworking deals. So we've seen Khalil Mack and Cody White here. Are there some other deals that I'm not thinking of that have been restructured in the in the most recent history for the team? Yeah, so like you're right. Joey, Joey Lane has been creative and, and pulled a lot of maneuvers to kind of make things work. Yeah, they've restructured uh, Mack a few times. They, they have restructured White here. They restructured Massey at one point. Yeah, they, they've done it a bunch. Uh, and, and then, like, you know, they backloaded, you know, Robert Quinn, for example. They, they had a really small cap hit last year so. He's done all sorts of maneuvers to just make things work in the short term. So you mentioned that the Quinn deal was backloaded. Do you remember how much of that money was basically offshot into the future? Yeah. So it was a five-year deal for $70 million, but only $6 million cap hit in the first year. So that's kind of, you know, the $14 million average to get less than half of that in the first year cap hit is, you know, like an impressive feat. In yeah. those last two years, you know, has $33 million. So, you know, 33 out of 70, almost half of it. In, in the final two years from a cap hit perspective. Um, and, and, you know, he, he might not even be a bear at that point, you know, at 33 mm-hmm. and 34 years old. So it really was just kind of backloading the money just to make things work. Okay. Now, you mentioned that Khalil Mack, his, his contracts have been kind of restructured in the past. What type of future poison pills are we looking at with what we've been doing with Khalil Mack's money? Because it seems like we're kind of playing dangerous game there with that contract. Yeah, so that's kind of the risk you run. You know, Max obviously a superstar. Um, you know, there yep. shouldn't be too much worry that he's going to fall off a cliff or anything like that. He's just like an, you know, an mm-hmm. absolute freak. You know, he's just like a different <laughs> type of human than, than the two, the three of us. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. But look, I mean, they already have basically there's over twenty million dollars in what we you know, like I said, that prorated money, and so it's money that is automatically dead money no matter what. You can't move it. You can't manipulate it. So. You know, down the line, it, it, the, the the fear is, you know, maybe he does fall off or whatever. And then they, you have this money that's just stuck there and there's nothing you can do about it. OK, so so it's safe to say that this money is, is going to be dead anyway. So if you give it to him in the way of a bonus it all it's really doing is just kind of helping to create that immediate cap space is what yep. we're doing there. OK, got it. So is there a chance that we could see another restructure of Mac this season? 
Yeah, it definitely season. wouldn't shock me. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's possible uh, for sure. I mean, look, I thought he was outstanding this past year, you know, as he always is. So, yeah, I think it's very possible. And, and, and I wouldn't be, you know, it's not something you want to do. But, yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. And I wouldn't be, you know, totally against it. So the reason why I asked that question is just because we don't know what's going to happen at the quarterback position. We don't know what's going on with A-Rob. And I mean, we need to strengthen this offensive lineup a little bit as well. So right. when you look at a lot of the things A-Dub is going on with this team, the reason why I'm kind of asking these questions, because I want our listeners to start realizing that this isn't the game of Monopoly. Like we actually actually have to figure out how we're going to free up this cap space, because if the if the league salary cap figure is going down, that money's got to come from somewhere. <laughs> so what are we going right. to do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we got to think about that, man. And uh, we can't play any games. Like you're saying, Chris, this is probably one of the top priorities right now to figure this out. Kyle Fuller, Brad, I wanted to ask you, is that somebody that we should look at extending? Mm-hmm. So the tough one there Question. is it's the last year of his deal. So, you know, he'd probably want, and he's already actually, he's also been restructured before as well. So, yep. um, and there's a ton of money, like in his, his prorated money, again, that, that word again, there's a lot of it there. So I think uh, a, an extension makes more sense there for Kyle Fuller. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Now, I've been thinking about this with Kyle Fuller. I, I love him. I love his game. But cornerbacks, as they approach and also become over 30 years of age, they scare the hell out of me, guys. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but I think I would be comfortable with Kyle Fuller getting that extension. But what are you guys' thoughts there when you look at Kyle Fuller and how his game could translate over the next couple of seasons? It looks like he still got something to tank, Perez, uh, from what he looked this year. Okay. Um, this guy was out there hitting people right this year. So uh, <laughs> it looks like he still got enough left. So I will say with him, I have no issues with seeing him and Jalen Johnson look good together. They will probably look great next season. So like I said, another season down the road from there, I think they could still also be solid. So I think really it's going to really come down to his health and how he looks coming to this next season. Yeah, I'm with A-Dub. Um, and, and I think the thing with Kyle is he some of the guys that fall off, which you're right, like that corner position, some of the guys really just like fall off a cliff. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he doesn't really rely on like his speed. You know, he you know he's a physical guy. He he's smart. He's crafty. He makes you know good decisions and jumps on routes and stuff like that. So because he isn't so reliant on like a physical gift like just pure track speed, then I'm a little mm-hmm. bit less afraid of him kind of falling off a cliff because he already isn't you know known for stuff like that. Right. Good point. Yeah, that's a really hell of a point because when you look at him, he could probably be someone, I don't know what you guys think about this, that, that could potentially move to safety in the future based on his style of play. Well, Perez, we've seen <laughs> it happen before with, with court, well, quarterbacks going back to safety. So you're right. He would make a pretty good one because of his eye. I mean, he, he has a very good neck for where the football is at. So uh, with him, he can really make that jump probably. He could probably transit to that role. And he's not afraid to hit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we could definitely see what happens there. Brad, what, what do you think with Cody White here? Any chance that we could see any sort of a restructure with him? Yep, I think it could happen again. A little bit less of a, you know, of a help, but um, definitely still possible. Yep. Okay. So let's, let's sum this up. So earlier when you made your salary cuts, you, I think you mentioned something along the, the neighborhood of about 30 million, right? That was for the uh, extensions and restructures. The cuts would get you about $17 million. Okay, so $17 million with the cuts, with the extensions and restructures, was that an additional $30 million? Yep, yep, on top of it, yep. Wow. Dude, <laughs> there's more than enough money there for A-Rob, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so, Brad, I'm going to ask you, 
What do you think is fair market value for a guy like Allen Robinson with some of the recent wide receiver deals that we saw uh, last offseason? Uh, you know, I think $20 million a year uh, is a fair number for both parties. So like a four-year, $80 million deal, about $50 million of that guaranteed. That's what I think the market dictates for Robinson now. I mean, if he hits the market, I think he'll get more than that. So I think the Bears would be would be lucky to lock him in. I know it's a huge deal, and I'm not arguing that, but 27 years old still, incredibly productive, obviously a phenomenal presence, you know, on the field, in the locker room, you know, in the community, everywhere else. So, you know, I think that's a fair deal for sure. It's uh, what you think about that one? Man, that would be nice if we can sign them for that particular deal. I know they're looking at, I'm quite sure, other wide receivers out there in the same market value with him, like Galladay, those other guys like them out there. But I think what you just said there, Brad, would be pretty good because 27 to 32, 31, 32 years old, that's pretty solid because we get him right now while he's in his prime years. So I think for that standpoint, that's when you start to see a dip in most of these great wide receivers around that age. So I would like the aspect of us signing him back to that long-term deal um, for those amount of years. So good point that you just brought up both of you guys, but A-Dub, I want to touch on something that you brought up real quick. You brought up the name Kenny Galladay, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we also know that he's going to be a free agent. Mm -hmm. So I've heard a lot of chatter with people saying, well, would Kenny Galladay be an upgrade over A-Rob, which I block those type of people all day long just Mm because I don't need that type of stupidity in my life. But I want to get you guys' thoughts on a guy like Kenny Galladay. So let's say, for instance, if for some reason, the Bears move on from A-Rob. What do you guys think with Kenny Galladay, and what do you think would be a fair deal to bring somebody like that to Chicago? Uh, he'll be a good guy to come to the team. I think he's pretty good as a wide receiver. I just still believe that A-Rob is better. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and that price tag is not going to be much different. Perez. I don't think that price tag is going to be different between those two. If you ask me, Galladay is probably going to get about the same amount that uh, maybe A-Rob get to some people who's desperate, maybe even more, right? So you got to really think about how much these price tags for both of them. And maybe somebody's waiting to see who's going to make the first jump first, right? <laughs> before before the Bears make a jump to see the market value, right? And, and I'm, I'm worried about that piece of it because I, I would say if we had to choose between those two, I'd rather choose A-Rob, who already got familiarity with the system already. He knows his team a little bit, and um, he fits right now. So you bring in Galladay, it's like he's learning a whole new process over with this team. And one um, thing that Brad mentioned, too, is the fact that when these guys hit the free agent market, you don't know what that price is going to be. But Brad, go ahead, man. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, I agree with everything A-Dub just said. Here's the thing, though. He is from Chicago, so yep. maybe yep. You know, maybe he's willing to take a, a tiny bit of a discount come home to Chicago, play for, you know, a real team in the, in the NFC North. Um, <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, but I agree though. I, I don't think he'd be that much cheaper than Robinson. And obviously like it upset, like you, you basically, it's, it's similar guys. Why not just stick with the guy that has been in the building for three years and, and has built up his trust and, and everything like that. So yeah, I'm with it up all the way. I, I agree with both of you guys with that. I mean, for me, it's, it's gotta be a Rob and, uh, any fan that can just really sit here and try to talk themselves into <laughs> Kenny Galladay being an upgrade. I mean, I just think that stop that. Those are the same people, Brad, that are on Twitter right now uh, talking themselves into Gardner Minshew being a, a, a quarterback fit for the, uh, for the bears. Speaking of which, <laughs> I'm going to throw you guys both under the fire real quick. So now we talked about this money that we freed up. Now, what do you guys think we need to be doing at this quarterback? position. Do you think that the answer is trading for someone that has a low salary like a Gartner Minshew and using that the money that you freed up to fix other parts of the roster? Or do you earmark that money for quarterback and go all in? What do you guys think? This is the one where I'm always um, in the air with Perez. It's like, damn, what, what do you do with this case here? 
to me, we, we already got a quarterback already, right, on, on the sidelines who's we paying money to. If we can get rid of that quarterback, that'll be great. You know who he is already, Nick Foles. But I think we do need a quarterback that can come in right now and make a difference. I do think, you know, getting another quarterback after that will also help. We're still going to need somebody else. We're going to need more than one quarterback regardless. But I do think we should probably consider going out for Watson still. I'm not going to put that on the back burner and, and look at how we can get him. So I, I would say we still should be looking at who we can get to help upgrade this uh, this offense from a quarterback standpoint. Right, so, A-Dub, you're still all in to Deshaun Watson? Yes, sir. I let A-Dub take that one first for a reason that time. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I think I'm pretty much in the same boat where either go all out for Watson, and then for me, it's like either do that or just go bargain bin. Like I would just sign, like honestly, a Jameis Winston and, and just shoot for potential, shoot for upside. Like that mm-hmm. middle tier is where I, I think you get you get burned. So I'm with you. Either shoot for the moon, um, and if that doesn't work out, then then maybe look bargain bin. Yeah, I, I think to me, and I kind of agree with both of you guys. I think you go all in. I know that that price tag is going to hurt if you get a Deshaun Watson because you're going to give up so much, right? Right. But at the same time, too, you know that your your GM and your coach is lamed up, right? So you know that these guys are desperate to, to make something happen. Now, if we were in a situation where the organization were doing this thing in a way that I thought was smarter... I think the idea that Brad brought up, maybe a, a, a Jameis Winston, which we don't hear a lot of people mm-hmm. saying that name. And I think that that's a, a good name. What about a guy like Jacoby Brissett? What do you guys think about him? Hmm. I think it's a good example, again, of like a guy where if you miss out on the top, why not just, you know, take a shot on a guy like Brissett? You know, younger guy, maybe could grow. Obviously, you know, played in the, the Frank Reich offense, which is similar to the Matt Nagy offense. So maybe knows some of the, the verbiage or stuff there. So, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think that's better than trading for a Wentz just from a value standpoint. Yeah, that makes sense, Brad. I, I can roll with that. <laughs> so, Brad and, and A-Dub as well, did you guys see the, the recent reports that came out that said that the Bears have the uh, highest bid for Wentz but, and the Colts actually said that they're not willing to re, to go any higher with their offer? I think that came out yesterday. So, you know, I have heard some of that, and I, I don't know, you know, obviously there's a lot of, you know, rumor mill flying around these days, but I think it's probably <laughs> true. Um, but I've also heard that, you know, Wentz really wants to go to Indy and, and Chicago, they'll still pull the trigger if, if they're convinced that Wentz is like enthusiastic and excited about, you know, going to Chicago. But if Indy's close to a deal, like, they, like if they're still below Chicago, but they're close, um, I think Carson's going to like beg the Eagles to just take that slightly discounted deal. And I think if he's not excited about being a bear, then they, they probably should just kind of move on. I think so as well. And to be honest, Carson, we feel the same way that you feel because we don't want your ass here either. So, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yes, exactly. And the thing is, it still come back to me with that price tag. What are we talking about the best bid? I mean, what does that look like, right? Or how much we give enough for the guy anyhow? So to me, that's something I'm really interested in knowing and learning more about that part of it because you never know, right? We give up too much for him. It's like, whoa, are you setting this franchise back, right, on some key pieces? But you kind of wonder what the Bears are putting out there and wanting to get this guy for. With that being said, the only guy I'm comfortable with them giving a multiple number ones or anything like that for is Deshaun Watson. I don't even know what the deal on the table was for Wentz because, as Brad mentioned, Mm -hmm. there's so many rumors and smokescreen that goes on. You don't really know what's true and what's not. But true, we saw it with Stafford got, you know, in that deal. So I just wonder, like, what is the offer that's on the table? 
because you never know. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's what scares me as well, man, because everyone knows that we talked about in our last uh, last episode, Perez, that everyone knows we're kind of desperate for um, a quarterback right now. So yeah. they, they can raise the stakes <laughs> a little bit higher and keep nitpicking at that just until we bite. Right. And, and that could also cost us in the end, too. Listen, man, when you when people know that you're desperate and you're in a position where you have no leverage, man, they are taking advantage of you all day long. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and you don't even have to worry about that with Ryan Pace because he just loves to outbid himself anyway. So it don't even really matter. He don't need any help. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> he would do it. He has done it before. So, OK, so we, I feel like we've made some ground here. I like where we're going with this. Brad has saved us a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I feel with what he saved us. We're going to get A-Rob back. I feel very confident in that. I like that four-year, $80 million deal. I think it's fair. Yes, sir. Right? Mm-hmm. But now, some of these bargain quarterbacks, because now, between those three, I think that you got someone decent that you can have as a bridge. And then I don't know what your guys' thoughts are here, but then you can maybe draft the quarterback maybe in the third or fourth round. And then now you can start to have maybe a developmental guy in the pipeline. What do you guys think there, long term? No, I like that idea, Perez. Um, you brought this up. When our last episode around, you know, drafting quarterbacks when it came to Ryan Pace, something he failed miserably on. Yep. <laughs> so you're right. If we get a quarterback drafted into this pipeline, that'll be a plus for us. We can retool a little bit and get someone else. That also helps too. So I think doing that, going about that way, and with the cap we have that uh, Brad helped us with, and hopefully uh, Ryan Pace is listening, <laughs> that'll help him out as well. So I think, yeah, we, that'll be we'll be on the right path if we go that route. Yeah, I like it too. I, I like the idea of taking a guy, you know, developmental prospect. And I think this year in particular, two names I would throw out are uh, Jamie Newman, who was at Georgia this past year. He opted out. So he was at Wake Forest before that. Um, yep. And then a guy named Davis Mills from Stanford, who a lot of people are kind of buzzing about. So I think Newman maybe get in the late second, maybe third round and Mills, maybe fourth or fifth rounds. And those are some guys I'm keeping an eye on as, as a decent, you know, developmental prospect. So, Brad, I, I'm, I'm huge on Jamie Newman. We did a senior bowl recap, and, man, I'm telling you, dude, I love that kid, man. He's got a little he got a little moxie to him, but he's got a strong-ass arm too, man. Really like yep. what he brings to it. Tell me more about the second quarterback that you mentioned uh, the, from Stanford. It's Davis Mills. He uh, was a really high recruit and I guess just kind of didn't really start for a while. They had this guy, K.J. Costello, who played until he was like a redshirt senior. I remember um, him, yep. But, uh, but has all the tools, like all the traits. He's, got good, he's more of a pocket passer, less mobile guy, um, but, but definitely has, you know, can, can kind of maneuver the pocket pretty well and then just has an absolute rocket for an arm. So, you know, people say he's probably going to have to sit on the bench for a year, but that's kind of what we're talking about, right? So sit on the bench for a year and then, and then you know, all those tools and traits maybe develop into, you know, a good quarterback. There you go. I mean, I feel like we did a really good job, gentlemen, of collaborating. I know the Bears, that was their buzzword during the press conference. I think our collaboration was a lot better, gentlemen. So great conversation. (laughs) Great conversation. (laughs) Brad, man, we really appreciate you for coming on the show with us tonight. Before you get out of here, man, tell our audience uh, where they can find you on socials and any uh, things that you got coming down the pipe for we can be uh, aware of. Yeah, thank y'all for having me back. I always have a good time. Uh, you yes, can find sir. me on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And yeah, talking cap and contracts, obviously, but but also just talking ball and, and you know, just just anything and yeah, the draft coming up and all, all that good stuff. Thanks again for coming on with us, man. I'm going to be shooting you some links of some different quarterback ideas that I see as we get closer and closer here. But I really enjoyed the conversation, brother. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yes, thank sir. you guys. Thanks, Brad. All right, now. Peace out, brother. Hey, Dub, that was fun, man. I always love when Brad comes on the show.
Yes, sir, man. A lot of insights, a lot of good uh, information from him too. Dude, I was over here taking notes, man. I always love that, man. And you, you just, I know you're the same way, man, when it comes to learning and getting new information. So this was really good. Yeah, he dropped some um some hot knowledge there, man. Had me taking notes as well, Prez. So you weren't alone there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm up here adding up money and like, okay, get money there, get money right there too. Okay, all right, all right. We can do like, something. Yeah, you're like, let me let me carry the one, let me put the one over here. Okay, cool. All right, A Rob, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what we're doing, man. Counting figures up like an accountant over here. Yeah. You you getting your hidden figures on. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. But no, that was a good one, bro, man. Before we get out of here, we want to thank the listeners that have uh, started to rate and review us on Apple as we ask. Continue to keep doing that. Any of you guys that listen to this show on Apple, please rate and review us. It just helps us move up, you know, those different algorithms and the way they work. It just kind of helps us for people to learn about our podcast more and more. So thank you for the people that have rated and reviewed us. Anybody that hasn't done so so far, please go ahead and do so. Also, want to give a special shout out to Lucy, one of our day one listeners and supporters. She was the first person to give us a review on Apple after we asked for it. Thank you for the dope review. We appreciate you, sis. Thanks for the support. Thank you all for your support. Really appreciate it. Man, A-Dub, good ass episode, bruh. And we are out. Going to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Very Cinches Podcast. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this podcast. Bear Nation, come down with us. Peace.